0: You're listening to a message from Highway Church, entitled, Rags to Riches, Part 1. Enjoy. Faith in the Word will absolutely set you free and change your life. So last week, we finished our series entitled, Prince or Pauper? And we had a four-part series. We talked about being born again. What does that mean? Understanding what it means and walking in the reality of that. And you can hear it at highwaychurch.us. It's there, so it's all free. Go there and check it out. Well, we're going to move on into a new series this morning, and it's entitled Rags to Riches. Yeah, and we're talking about prosperity. Now, at Highway Church, remember I said at the beginning of the service that we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's all about relationship, okay? And and to grow in your relationship with Christ, you need to know three things. You need to know who Jesus is. You need to know what He's done for you, and then who you are in Him, okay? So that's what we focus on at Highway Church, who Jesus is, what he's done for you, and who you are in him. You want to know those three things. And that's what produces this intimacy with him, okay? And you'll find that Jesus has you covered. In every area of life, he's got you covered. He has a prosperous plan for every area of your life. He wants to make you whole, spirit soul, and body. So we're talking about prosperity. Now, I want you to understand something that this is one of several topics in the Bible that is surrounded by a lot of controversy, okay? A lot of controversy. And being in the body of Christ for for decades now, I've seen a number of controversies arise. There are controversies around God's will to heal, There are controversies around miracles and spiritual gifts. There are controversies around baptism in water and baptism in the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues. There are controversies around grace, and there are controversies around prosperity. But as disciples of Christ here at Highway Church, we are not ignorant of Satan's schemes let's look at ephesians chapter 6 it's on the screen you don't have to turn there right now for time's sake it's on the screen this is what ephesians chapter 6 says verse 11 it says put on the full armor of god so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil now what is the armor of god is it a metal suit that we wear no it's his word faith in the word of God. Put your faith in the word of God so that you'll be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan. So he wants to take advantage of you. And if you've ever been taken advantage of, which I'm sure we all have, it doesn't feel good. Well, that's what Satan wants to do. For we are not ignorant of his schemes. So Satan, you know what his name means, right? The name Satan means adversary or the one who is against, the one who opposes. Question, what is Satan against? You might know. The patriots? No. Nah. <laughs> no, nah, he wouldn't dare. Someone said, "God, that's a good good yet." But more specifically, he's against the will of God he does not want the will of God to be done in the earth nor does he want the will of God to be done in your life that's what he's against that's what he opposes now we know at highway church that God's word is his will did you know that God's word is his will. Satan is after the word of God in your life. Jesus taught us in Mark chapter 4 that Satan comes to steal what? The word of God from your heart. Why does he want to steal the word of God from your heart? Because faith in the word of God brings about the will of God in your life. If he can take the word of God from you, he can stop the will of God in your life. Many believers going around, they go to church week after week, they don't know the word of God. They don't know it. So they hear someone say, the Bible says, or so-and-so says, Jesus says, and they think, okay, he said that. But they don't really know. See, Satan is after the Word of God in our lives. Did you know that faith in the Word of God comes by hearing the Word of God? And more importantly, hearing the Word of God taught properly. Free from the opinions of man. God instructs us in the Word that the righteous are to live by faith. Faith in what? The Word of God. See how important the word is? See? So one of the schemes of Satan for your life to, to stop God's will in your life is controversy. And he will surround the things of God with a lot of noise. A lot of people bickering about it and, and saying they don't believe it and, and that we shouldn't do that. And, and all this noise surrounds uh, these, these topics in the Word of God. Now, we know Satan is behind it all, but un- unfortunately, man sometimes ignorantly helps him out, okay? So we want to we help you this morning to, go, to get through the noise and experience what God has for you. All right. So one of the key factors that contributes to controversy is man choosing to believe what he believes based on what he sees instead of the Word of God. At Highway Church, we don't let what we see determine what we believe. What determines what we believe? What God says. So many believers have come to conclusions in their lives based on what they've been through. And they hear a message, it's a promise of God, it's in the Word of God, but it's contrary to what they've experienced. And they get upset because they've decided that because they haven't experienced it, it must not be the will of God for our lives. And, and you've got to ask yourself the question, if I hear the good news from the Word of God, and it brings about a reaction in me, right, right. an adverse reaction, you've got to wonder, why is that? Is it, is it in the Word? Is it being kept in context? Is it being taught properly? If so, then why am I having this adverse reaction? It might be because you have been through things in your life and you have not experienced that promise of God. And you may have come to conclusion that it's not God's will for you. So that's one of the key factors that contributes to controversy. And I think the second key factor that that blows controversy up is not understanding the Word of God, ignorance in the Word of God. Let me give you an example. I'm the pastor of Highway Church. Here we are on a Sunday morning. If I say to you guys, we're talking about prosperity, right? Rags to Riches is the name of the series. If I say to you, Highway Church, the Bible says that money is the root of all evil. Is that that correct? No. What do you mean, no? How do you know? How do you know the word? You've got to look at it for yourself. Don't ever believe something because a pastor says it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You look at it for yourself. A pastor can't save you. A pastor can't be with you 24 hours a day. You need to know what God has promised you. Because you're the one who has to put your faith in His promises. You're the one who's alone at midnight, that's got to know that God loves you, that's got to grab a hold of his provision for your life. Don't ever believe something because a pastor or a bishop or any leader says it. You've got to go to the word of God for yourself. So I just said money is the root of all evil. It's in the Bible. Well, let's look at it. Where is it at in the Bible? What am I doing? I'm misquoting a verse, aren't I? Where's that at? First Timothy, let's look at it. First Timothy chapter 6. I've heard this verse misquoted. I've heard, I've heard people say that. Well, that's what the Bible says. Well, is it really now? we got to know. You've got to know what the Word says. See, I went to church my whole life, but it was when I started reading the Bible that I changed. That I received God's love for me. See? You've got to read it for yourself. But look what it says. Oh, wait a minute. Here it is right out of the Scriptures for what the love, the love of money oh what's that selfishness right selfishness covetousness the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after they've erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows so now we're seeing what the real issue is it's not money it's selfishness right isn't that good so what's the solution to controversy the word of God. Right, right. Jesus. Looking to Jesus. And that's what we're gonna do today. We're just gonna look and listen to Jesus in the Bible. From the Bible, not me. Okay? At Highway Church, we're not interested in my opinion. Right. We're not. Yeah, right, right. We don't want anything to do with my opinion. I want Jesus and nothing but Jesus. Yes. I can't save anybody. I can't do anything for anybody like He can. We just want Jesus. Okay? So the answer to controversy, the way to to live free from controversy is to exalt Jesus in your life and go to Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, the first five books of the New Testament, and learn Jesus. See how he responds to people. See what he says. See how he he behaves because he is the will of God in the flesh. All right? So let's go to Jesus. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Rags to riches, we're talking about prosperity. Now before we read Matthew chapter 6, I'm going to say something to you that might upset you a little bit, but I'm going to say it anyway, all right? When we look to Jesus, when we receive the words of Jesus, we will find that it is God's will for you to prosper financially. There's people who get really mad at me for saying that. We're gonna, we're gonna look at Jesus here. When we look to the words of Jesus, to the word of God, you will find that God's will for your financial life is prosperity. All right? Stay with me. Don't shut up. You gotta take your religious glasses off and look at Jesus. So let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Now, Matthew chapter 6 is a powerful chapter. We're going to start reading in verse 25. But before we do, we're going to verse 21. Why are we going to verse 21? Because this is the premise that Jesus is speaking from. And what does he say? Let's read it off the screen. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me read it again. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What does that mean? You will follow after whatever it is that you value. We all make choices to value things in our lives. And whatever we choose, and everybody's different, whatever we choose is important to us, that is what we follow after. Where your treasure is, in other words, whatever you set your sights on, that is what you'll follow. This is the premise that Jesus is teaching, and you'll find if you read the whole chapter, Jesus is exhorting us to make God the treasure of our lives, to make our relationship with God what we value in life, that we would set our sights on Him and Him alone, and that we would follow Him, that we'd imitate Him, that we'd put our faith in Him. All right? That we make him the treasure of our lives. Knowing the premise that Jesus is operating from, let's read verse 25. All right? This is Jesus talking. I had nothing to do with the writing of this. All right? (laughs) Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Have you made God your treasure? This is the premise. Remember the premise? making God the treasure of your life. right? Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? What's he talking about? Material stuff, right? Look at verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, or reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. They don't do anything to earn anything from Him. But He feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? According to Jesus, you are more valuable than the birds. You're more valuable than the animals, according to Jesus you know that? You're more important than any endangered species. Do you know that? See, he's talking about God's love right here, isn't he? Right, I want you to receive that this morning. You're more important to God. You are. Let's keep reading. When you realize how important you are to him, it will give you a confidence to live differently. If you think you're not important to Him, it will undermine your confidence. Another strategy of of Satan, another scheme, to get you to devalue yourself and to think less of yourself. Don't you go there. God made you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're important to Him. Verse 27, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Who's the answer to that question? Nobody, right? Verse 28. And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Have you ever seen a field of wild flowers? Amazing the colors. Now what, look at Jesus here. This is Jesus talking. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon. Who's Solomon? Anybody know? David's son. He was the king of the wealthiest of kings. You know that about him. When he was on the throne, gold and silver were absolutely overflowing in the nation. They made things of gold. Did Jesus really have to bring up Solomon here? Look what he says. You know, I tell you, not even Solomon. I mean, he's going all the way. We're talking about wealth. He's going all the way. Not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. I mean, I don't know. Who could he have said? Andy Griffith? I don't know. But he says Solomon. Solomon. The wealthiest of the wealthy. Verse 30. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, so this is already in God's heart. No one's asked Him for anything, right? Right, right? Which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Uh-oh. Will He not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Now, Jesus, wait a minute. There are some religious people who would be rebuking Jesus right now for what He just said. They would get upset. Look at what he just, Let's just look at what He said. We, religious glasses are off. Right? We put them in their case for later. No, we're not going to put them back on. Right? Let's just look at what Jesus said. He's talking about God providing for you, making God the treasure of your life, and watch how He provides for you. In verse, He talks about the birds of the field. They don't have a job, they don't sow, they don't reap, and God provides for them, but you are way more important to God than these birds, than these animals. If God does this for the the birds, and if if God clothes the grass of the field, which is dressed more beautifully than who? Solomon. Solomon. (laughs) Will he not much more clothe you? Would Would I be making it up if I said God wants to clothe you more than Solomon in all of his glory? Read it for yourself. You see how Satan has robbed people of the financial provision in their lives because of what man has said? We just read the words of Jesus. He's Lord. Not me. Not you, right? He sets the standard for prosperity. Not us. He determines what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Jesus, he set the bar at Solomon. Can you see that God thinks big? And he desires us to come up higher. Will he not much more clothe you? Verse 31, so don't worry. Saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Hmm. For the pagans, who are pagans? People who don't know God. They haven't made God the treasure of their lives. They don't know how he operates. Those people run after these things. They run after these things. They're all about treasuring these things. Not us, though. They run after these things. And your heavenly Father... Now, here's another little scheme. Your heavenly Father... What's the word say? Your heavenly Father what? Knows that you need them. That's so different than what I've heard some preachers say. They say you don't need material things. You don't need a nice car. You don't need a nice house. You don't need money. You don't need clothes. Just follow Jesus. Jesus never taught that. We're going to look at some more words after this. Jesus said, your father knows that you need, what's he talking about? Material things. See, when you just begin to think of God as a loving father, it clears out that goofy thinking. As a father, of course I want my children to have nice things. Of course I do. Now, I'm just a man. How much more does God want that? Right? Right? Of course he wants these things for you. So your father knows that you need them. And look at the last verse. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these what? Things. Things. Material possessions will be given to you. What's the bar that Jesus set? Like who? Solomon. Solomon. It hurts, doesn't it? When you're, you've been believing wrong thoughts for so long, you hear the truth, you're kind of like, uh-uh. 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 is this really true? Is this for real? You know? But it is. Amen. It's real. Yeah. Let's look at Jesus some more. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. This is just Jesus. I love taking off the religious glasses. I want real Jesus. I want the real thing. I don't want man's religion. I want real Jesus. Mark chapter 10, verse 21. Then Jesus looking at him. Well, let me tell you what happened before this, just for time's sake, because we want to finish up here. But before this, a rich, a wealthy young ruler comes to Jesus, and he says, What must I do to inherit eternal life? He's a performance-based guy. What do I have to do? He's not even thinking about relationship, all right? And Jesus looks at him, and, well, he loves him, it says in verse 21. Of course he loves us, regardless of our goofy thinking, right? Yeah. And he says to him, one thing you lack. Do you know what he lacked? Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Lost. He hadn't yet treasured his relationship with God above all else, and that's what he lacked, all right? So he he, he said, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and come, take up your cross and follow me. Verse 22, but he was sad at this word. The rich young ruler was sad now and he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Why was he sad? jesus he's standing before the son of god and he was just given a personal invitation by the lamb of god to come and become his disciple to walk with him live with him and watch him do what he does why would he be sad jesus just invited you to the party and you don't want to come No way. I'll tell you why he was sad. Because he believed what many Christians believe today. That following Jesus means less than not following Jesus. That's why he was sad. We're going to see this in a a minute. We're going to keep reading the words of Jesus. He believed what many believe. If I follow Jesus, I've got to give up this. I've got to give up that. I've got to give up. And they have no idea of what they're going to gain. What God has for you blows anything else away that you currently have. And if you just knew that, you'd run after him. You wouldn't let a day go by without seeking him. You wouldn't let a Sunday go by without being at Highway Church. Hallelujah. Verse 23. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, now listen to this statement, another one that's been misinterpreted, how hard it is, for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. Yep, there it is. Can't be rich and be a Christian. Well, Hold on, let's keep reading. So you can't take one scripture out of the Bible and build a belief system off it. If you do, you're going to miss it. You've got to keep reading. So here's Jesus. He says, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. Now you have to know the heart of God to understand the word of God. All right, let's read the next verse, verse 24. And the disciples were astonished at his words why were they astonished because they didn't understand them first of all and because they were doing well financially another religious (laughs) twisting of the mind the disciples weren't poor no why would they be astonished because they had money and they associated with people who had money they were doing well I know this is contrary to the movies that have been made and a lot of teachings but this is just the Bible we'll go with the Bible So they're astonished at his words, and Jesus answers again. He knows they don't understand him, so he clarifies. Let's look at the clarification. Please look at the screens. Children, now he's explaining what he just said, okay? In verse, what, 23? He's explaining it. How hard it is for those who trust in riches. That's what he meant to say. That's what he meant by that, okay? For those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. That's what he was saying back in Matthew 6, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Why is it hard? Because they're going in the wrong direction. They're putting their faith in their possessions instead of their faith in God. That's why it's hard, okay? So now you understand what Jesus meant there, right? Now look, the, the disciples still didn't get it. And if you'll read through the Gospels, you find the disciples had a hard time understanding Jesus. They didn't get it till after he, he rose from the dead and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They still didn't understand it. So look again. And they were greatly astonished. Oh, I, I jumped ahead. I'm sorry. Let me read verse 25. So he says, for those who trust in riches. And verse 25, he says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. They still don't get it. Okay, for those who trust in riches. Verse 26, they're greatly astonished. And they say among themselves, who then can be saved? See, they thought that Jesus just cut them out. So that tells us that they had to be doing well financially. Or they wouldn't have cared about this statement. They'd be like, yeah, right, Jesus. You know, but they're saying, whoa, who can be saved? You know, because they had some money. You see that? This is real life. This is not religion. These are real people living real life that need real things. And God knows that they need them. Right? So they're still not getting it. Look what Jesus says in verse 27. Jesus looks at them and says, With men it's impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are impossible. Only God can change someone's heart, right? God can take a heart that's trusting in the wrong things and turn into a heart that's trusting in Him, Amen. right? Verse 28, Then Peter says to Him, See, we've left all and followed you. Look what Jesus says now, verse 29. He says, Assuredly, I say to you, there's no one who's left houses, brothers, sisters, father, mother, wife, or children, or lands for my sake and the gospels. Look at verse 30. Who shall not receive a hundred times. That's what a hundredfold means. A hundredfold when? Now. 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 In this time. This is Jesus talking, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands with persecutions. What's the persecution? People criticizing you because you're blessed. Because you're taking Jesus at his word. Boy, they'll criticize you. They'll make fun of you. People will, walk, people will stop being your friends just because you're following Jesus. So persecutions come with it, but that's all right. We're going to keep following him. And in the age to come, eternal life. Now let's just take a moment here. And look at what Jesus just said. Peter said, "We've left everything and follow you." He said, "I tell you the truth. Anyone who, who has left, everything for me, will receive a hundred times as much now. I looked up the average cost of a house in Massachusetts. It's 373,000 dollars. A hundred times as many houses. More than that. Yeah, you've got to move the decimal point. Two places. Right? $37,300,000 average. Now, you know if you own property, you not only need the money to buy the property, you need the money to manage and maintain the property. Jesus said, anyone who follows me will have a hundred times as much. So if we need $37 million to own a hundred homes, we're going to need a whole lot more to that to manage and maintain them. Can you see that God is so much bigger than man's opinions? And how Satan has crippled people through their little, little these little opinions and little thoughts of man? We're not gonna let that happen at Highway Church. Why? Because we treasure God more than anything else. We treasure our relationship with Jesus Christ more than anything. We have made God the treasure of our lives, and it's faith and faith in God alone that enables us to live the life He's came to give us. And we're out of time. Next Sunday, you're going to find out why Jesus said what He said in Mark, why He said God would give you a hundredfold. Why he talked of God in such superlative and extreme ways. But we're out of time. So we'll see you next Sunday. And we'll see you at get-togethers this week, right? Father, we thank you for the Word. We thank you uh, for, for bringing your Word into our lives. We embrace you, Jesus. We embrace you. Lord, we refuse to put the religious glasses back on. We're going to go to you and you alone and let you determine what the standard for our lives And we love you, Father, and thank you for it. In Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we encourage you to rise above the controversy and bickering of man by looking to the Word of God for yourself. Let God set the standards in your life, not man. Let His promises determine the quality of your life and the future you live. In Jesus' name. Amen.